Today on Frightful Failures on Film, we are reviewing the first half of Blood Glacier and the second half of Brain Twisters, and an idea so stupid that only your pals at Triple F could pull it off. So, take out your business card, put on some Huey Lewis the News, and try getting your reservation at Dorsia now, because it's time for... Frightful Failures! <laughs> so yes, welcome everybody to Frightful Failures on Film. I am one of your co-hosts, Zach Romero. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Tian Guignol. Hello. And so today is yet another experimental episode of our show. If you listened to us last week, we uh, we went through the foolproof plan to definitively pick a winner with a game that had an uneven amount of of uh, solutions to it, so there had to be a winner in last week's game to decide who picked the movie for this week, and somehow, miraculously, we still screwed it up and still ended up tying, and so instead we came to a compromise and we're doing two halves of movies (laughs) instead of one collective film. Um, So before we get into the movies themselves, Tian, how did you feel this experiment went? I, I felt it went extremely well. I would be okay with maybe, you know, the way that our games are designed, perhaps having it be an equal opportunity of one of us winning and of us tying. Because I was pretty, I mean, we, well, I guess we'll see by the end of the episode. But I was pretty happy with kind of so far the experience we had just watching the two halves there. Yeah, this is, it's a it's going to be a bizarre episode. Let me it tell you. It is. But, yeah. um, but before we get into it, uh, how was your week? What did you do this week? Uh, not oh, Jesus. I worked. I made a lot of t-shirts, and uh, yeah, still not getting any videos done for my uh, for my YouTube channel. So I'm so getting... a lot of work, a lot of busting ass, a lot of stressing out. Yes. Great. Well, let me tell you about my week. So, so I went to Orlando on mm-hmm. Friday, uh, just to really rub it in that you were stressed out all week. Yeah. Um, so I went to Orlando all fr- on Friday. It was really great. Went to uh, the Think Geek store. Did you get that picture I sent you, by the way? Um, I believe so. Here, hold on. Let me. Oh, One of my penis. Yes, my battery is critically low. I apologize. Hold oh, on. that's okay. Um, but uh, I acquired something I'd been after for a long time at the Think Geek store, which was uh, the last uh, deluxe Arkham figure that I needed, um, which is normally priced a- anywhere at 100 bucks, and I ended up pulling it away for $48, uh, which was really fantastic, so I was very, very happy about that. I was going to say, was it the Clayface one? It was absolutely Clayface. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, he was really, really great. Um, really, really nice figure. Not to nerd out there. I know we're supposed to be serious horror guys on this show. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. We spent a whole episode nerding out about DC. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so that was really cool. And then afterwards, and you may have seen, uh, us talk a little bit about this on Twitter, but I went to a new zombie attraction that just opened up in Orlando. Yeah, how was that? It was so cool. It was really, really cool. Because you hear, zombie laser tag and you think oh, okay this could be terrible this could be this could be like buzz light year you know right right um but no these are legitimate wireless like huge hollowed out actual military issue guns they're giving you giant heavy heavy metal weapons that they're giving you that are containing this really really uh cool advanced technology they're using to register these headshots on these live zombie actors 
And it's so extremely satisfying. I mean, there's even like an air compressor in your gun, so there's like a realistic kick to it when you're firing. And being a longtime Haunted House fan, I felt legitimately on edge being in there where there's actual stakes, you know, where I'm not just walking through, but there is going to be a score at the end, and I can win or I can lose. Uh, it was very, very, very well done. The actual implementation, all the mechanics of it, how this technology worked, and the feel of it, and the, the sets were nice looking, and it was a very, very good experience. I'd recommend it to anybody who happens to make their way out there to Orlando. Interesting. Yeah, I was definitely keeping an eye on it, because it was a very interesting concept to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad to hear that the, there's real uh, money behind it, because, yeah, like you said, yeah. that could easily be just cheese. Like, you could just go there, it's just cardboard cutouts of you know, stock zombies, or it's a mm-hmm. shooting range with, you know, uh, the zombie little sheet of paper or whatever that you use. Yeah. Like, it could easily be really, really lame, and so that's uh, that's excellent to hear that yeah. uh, that they've really put some money behind it, and that's awesome, and now I'll have to go check it out, because in case you didn't guess, we are out of Florida. That's what this podcast is out of. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be a huge trek to get to Orlando. It's just a huge trek to stop making t-shirts and stop editing things <laughs> long enough to go to Orlando. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'll, we'll try and make our way out there soon. We'll, we'll uh, we do that together. Just to cool. show you how little I get to go to Orlando, I have a yearly pass to Universal Studios that I use so little that Universal actually sends me things in the mail that just says, hey, thanks for covering our paycheck, Dick, and that's it. Like, I, they never actually get to go out there. I'm just I don't think that's what the actual papers say. What is their work? What's the Universal lingo of, hey, you haven't been here in a while, but you're still paying for this? Uh, thanks for the money, jackass, is what it says. Dollar oh, that's sign, what it says? Dollar sign, dollar sign, ha, 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 ha. Oh, okay, it's just like a picture of Spider-Man with dollar signs in his eyes. Yeah, and he's like giving me the double mm-hmm. bird, and I'm like, okay, well, that's fair. Nice, that's cool. Well, I assume you're going to at least be heading out for Kong at some point soon. You would think that, but I'm also the guy who lives two minutes, two, like, I'm within walking distance of a movie theater, and I couldn't tell you the last time I saw a movie live, so <laughs> uh, I don't know how much of an assured thing it is that I'm going anywhere. Oh, well, fair enough. <laughs> no, if it uh, was... Oh, so you'll probably be going to the Michaels uh, art store, or you'll be probably going to Walmart to go grab some more blank T-shirts. Then the answer would be yes, I will be doing that. Hmm. Okay, gotcha. Well, I mean, hey, in that case, at least that's the assured action. That we'll be right. Exactly. So enough yeah. enough of a slice of my depressing existence. Uh, <laughs> let's go into uh, into our first of two films today. Uh, wait, wait, wait. You said two films? Because I, I thought it was really weird that it seemed like halfway through the movie that we were watching this week, it seemed like a total change of setting and characters well, and quality. Here's the, here's the beauty of this, is I have flip-flopped on this uh, situation. Because mm-hmm. the first half, I was originally thinking, is was way better than the second half. And then there was a change in uh, in certain qualities of that. And now I'm thinking that the second half beats the shit out of the first half. Mm. Um, now, what is that change exactly? Uh, that change comes from language. It's a language barrier. Um, because the first half that we watched was a film from te- originally 2013, but now technically 2014 because it's the English dub, and it's a film called Blood Glacier. It oh, made man. In, it was made in Germany, and an all-German cast. And uh, so we watched the first half of that, and I watched it, and, and as a TN, we watched it in German first. And uh, as I'm watching it, I'm going, this isn't awful. Like, this isn't the regular caliber of horse shit that we watched. This is not, this is okay. Um, 
And then we went back and, and rewatched a few things with the English dub instead, and it suddenly made a lot more sense as to why people shit on this movie. I'm glad you're saying it's an English dub because when I was watching it in English, I just figured the guys were like really good, like almost like Jeff Dunham, you know, where they could just <laughs> kind of talk and move their lips differently. So I'm glad you're saying that now. But, Anyways, uh, yes. <laughs> so so let's get into uh, let's get into what actually Blood Glacier is all about. So Blood Glacier starts with this disheveled, uh, slacker-looking guy, kind of looks like a rapist. <laughs> uh, living in a little cabin with his dog, and he's a technician at a scientific outpost in, like, near the Antarctic. And as far as I'm aware, they're studying global warming, I think. Supposedly, yeah. That's the yeah. overarching theme to make this movie seem more important than it is. Mm, yeah. And so they kind of established early on, because they've recently sent out a new team of scientists to help this guy, and they kind of established that this guy is a weirdo specifically because he keeps volunteering to stay out on this outpost in the Swiss Alps, essentially, for the most part, by himself. So, for the most part, he's out there uh, just with his dog, and when they send out a new team of scientists, they're kind of like, hey, man, uh, his name's Yannick. They're saying, hey, Yannick, why do you keep volunteering for this? Like, most people won't even volunteer one time for this. You volunteered now four times. You've been out here for five years. Why do you keep doing this? And they sort of hint that... He had a relationship with a female scientist the first year he stayed up there, mm. and she broke his heart, and so he's still kind of recovering from heartbreak, and that's one of the reasons he keeps staying up in the Swiss Alps by himself and drinking a lot. Right. And so uh, we start with, uh, I guess the character introduction of everybody is the the, the dude, essentially. Because that's kind of where I thought this was going. I was like, is he just the dude? Like, he's just... No. <laughs> like laid back slacker that's kind of like whatever man but no he's he's not he's this weird angry hairy man um so anyway so there's something's going wrong with the with the equipment first thing they wake him out of a drunken slumber and he comes in to uh to fix everything so thanks and good morning Harold. good morning what was it station three stopped transmitting oh. data no shit and what are you gonna do about it well it's probably the Transformer again. I'll go there and have a look at it. You'll go there, but when? How long are we going to be without climate data, Yannick? And what do you need climate data for? Don't you collect stones? But my lichens are on the stones he collects, and today's climate is very important for them. But otherwise he's right? So I'm just a stone collector. I'm not a mineralogist, just a stone collector? Oh, boy. Here's the issue, is... All of the all of the voice actors sound like they're ten years old. Like that's number one. That is number one. They also sound like they have, and this may very well be the case. This is not even a joke. They sound like they have no concept of the movie at all. Right. Like they were pretty much just given the script, and, and they're not watching the anything. Yeah. They're not. They're not mm -hmm. familiar with the story at all. Yeah, they're not watching the actor's body language. Yeah, they they have no clue the stakes of the movie at all. So that's that's the primary issue, and that is 100% of the reason why this is terrible is because of these these actors, these American actors. Right, because the German version, the slacker guy, who, yeah, when he leaves his bunk with his dog, he's walking out with a sweater on and no pants, just underwear, just like stained granny panty underwear, just kind of walking like, 
walks over, turns off this thing that's making noise, like, mm-hmm. immediately fixes everything, because he's just a technician, he's not a scientist. Yeah. But yeah, just, no pants, just fucking, here's my dog, what do I have to fix? I thought that was hysterical, but... Yeah, it's a great introduction to his character, that you have a, a room full of people that are kind of, like, wildly slapping on a keyboard trying to fix this, and he kind of just stumbles in, you know, hung over in his underwear, and takes a couple seconds to pull a couple wires out and immediately fixes the issue. Yeah, and so anyways, but yeah, you're right. When you're watching the German version, he's very gruff sounding. He's got a very gruff, natural voice, and he's just kind of like, like he's, you know, he's hiding, essentially, from the world, like you said. From what you can gather, he's dealing with heartbreak, so he's hiding from the world. And so he just kind of stays up there as this sort of hermit that helps with the science community. And it's it's still tough to kind of see him as any sort of technician, because even in the regular German version, you're like, what is this oaf just doing up there? Like, that he's going to help them with anything. But nevertheless, yeah. you know, you kind of go, all right, well, I guess he knows his way about computers or something. Mm-hmm. And um, so immediately upon hearing the American version, it's like, oh, my God. Like, who is this, like, five-year-old who's doing his voice? Like, it's so terrible. Like, oh, you know, it's... you have to go get some rocks? It's like, what are you <laughs> doing? Like, how am I supposed to take this character serious? And then, yeah, the line delivery of, like, is that all that I that I am? I'm, I'm just a stone collector. Is right. that it? A stone collector? It's just very unnatural. It's yeah. it's five year olds or it's alien alien five year olds. Right? Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's not. Clearly, natural. are not humans. They don't know how humans talk. Um, so anyway, so they go to explore uh, station three because it's down, and there's this giant red ice formation on the side of this glacier. And they take some samples, and they're like, what the hell, what is going on with this thing? And uh, Yannick, the the slacker's dog, is with them, because of course it is. Because when you're in the Antarctic, of course you bring your dog. Just so it can be a uh, a harbinger of evil once whatever is coming to kill you needs to come in. Um, Always. Always, yeah. And so the dog goes in a cave in the weird blood glacier thingy. And there's a scary, uh, rabid fox that is got, that looks to be pregnant and something like bursts out of its stomach and seemingly attacks the dog. And so then they run over the glacier and they grab the dog. The dog's okay, but it's got like a little owie on its belly. And so they patch it up and, and they're like, we gotta get the hell out of here. And so they go back to camp. Oh, was there something you wanted to add there? I heard the snack of a, of a, Wanting to add something? Uh, no, I'm eating a pop tart currently. No, I'm oh, kidding. Uh, no, hey, uh, no, actually, the yeah. And so once we get back there, that's that's exactly right. They they bring the dog back to the outpost. They kind of lay it down, say, "Take it easy, there, pup." Uh, and they're talking about what they've established now, which one of my one of the things I think is really weird about this movie, uh, regardless of language, is that they are so certain, even though they only see a real just a glimpse of this animal's corpse, they're so certain it is a rabid fox, and that's what they keep saying over and over again. They say, This is a rabid fox. So they get back to the outpost and they're telling everybody, This is a rabid fox. And this is when they introduce that apparently there is somebody that presumably has put a lot of money into this mission that is coming up to visit to see how everything is going, this mm-hmm. minister. Um, and they say, Well, you know, screw this fox, like, we gotta have everything tidied up here and have all our research together because this guy's coming up, and, you know, we get more funding or whatever, like, it's really important that everything looks good when this guy comes up, and 
Yannick and the dude that are at them are going, well, no, no, there's a rabid fox. And I found that so strange that they're up on the Swiss Alps where there is wildlife because it is the wild. And they're considering canceling this whole trip of this dude who's come from Germany, presumably, to the Swiss Alps because of one rabid fox. I'm thinking, this is the wild. There's probably a goat with hepatitis and a wild bear with HIV. There's, it's the wild. They know there's animals with diseases up there. What, why are you guys freaking out over this wild fox? Well, uh, that's the other thing, too, is, is when things start to get more serious here in just a minute, they still don't change the story. Like, <laughs> like shit gets real, and they're like, oh, my God, we have to tell the minister to not come up here. Quick, tell him something crazy. And then they get on the mic and they're like, uh, Minister, the rabid fox appears to still be around, so you should probably head back. And they're like, wait, what? And so they don't <laughs> even, like, that's seriously their one and only thing. They're like, all right, first of all, there's a rabid fox. And then it's like, oh, my God, there's not a rabid fox. It's much, much worse. We should probably tell them it's a rabid fox just to scare them off. It's like, what? Can you come up with something else? Like, anything else at all? Like... Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so to continue on here, and I believe we have a, we have another clip here soon, but, um, well, they give, they give Yannick, uh, morphine, uh, because he had got a little alley as well. I think all three of them got alleys while they were out and about. One of them hurt his hand, got something stuck in his hand. Uh, Yannick, I believe, uh, got a boo-boo on his head, right? Yeah, he headbutted the table because he was underneath yeah. it, like working on something. And then when his dog yelped, he like, Hassan headbutted the table. And he's like, <laughs> oh, I hurt my head. And so, they so they, like much more serious than it is. Like, oh, yeah, so, so they, question. yeah, they, they, and they give him morphine when he gets back and then just let him wander out into the cold while on morphine to then pass out. Which again, okay, so cold. I'm watching this movie the first time. And at first when I see him walking out of his bunker, in his underpants, the sweater. I'm like, oh, maybe it's like the big Lebowski in German and in, in the mountains. And then, no, that's not it. And then, then I'm watching that. I'm like, okay, so maybe it's fear and loathing in Las Vegas in the German mountains <laughs> because now he's just getting high on morphine and just wandering around the camp, uh, which it is not that either, unfortunately. Yeah, so, so he, he passes out outside and we get this nice, like, Lars von Trier uh, red hallucination he has while he's dreaming. And then he wakes up to some noises. He's still outside. And so he sneaks over to this pile of garbage. And he sees some fur. And he automatically assumes he goes, hey, it's that rabid fox. Because they're obsessed with the fox at this point. And he says, he whispers. Oh, I believe we have a clip of this, actually. Yeah, yeah, here. This is uh, something. He's, he sees something out in, in the garbage. So here it is. Mm-hmm. Something's out there. What happened? The fox is here. Be careful. It's face. It looks like a beetle. What? Quickly, get inside. Harold, I need the gun. But be quiet. What? Okay, so he yells at everybody to get inside because he sees something spooky. Yeah. Uh, But I have to say the difference between the German and the American version in this particular scene is staggering. Because in the German version... Because it's okay. Here, let, let's just let's just cut to the chase in terms of spoiling here. It's not the German version of the of the Big Lebowski. It's not the German version of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. This is the German version of of John Carpenter's The Thing. That's yes. all it is. Um, and I love The Thing. We talked about it last episode. Mm-hmm. So I was on board with this. Um, it, it, it's almost like point for point. Like they go, they find something weird frozen in the Alps. You know, they kind of bring it back. It starts infecting things. 
And when it infects things, it makes it all mutated. Like when uh, McCready sees the dog in the kennel and it like splits open and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And let me just add, by the way, that uh, the next time that you and I are talking together and you request something of me and you say, by the way, be quiet. I'm going to go, what? Yeah, I know. What the fuck? <laughs> this is an asshole. Um, but anyways, so we, we're reaching this point. So he sees this this fox, but it's mutated to this point. It's, it's, it's like the thing creature. And in the German version, he said, because now he's running, he's the only one who's seen it, and he's running around, and he says, um, it, it's got mandrels like a, like a beetle, mm-hmm. is what he describes it as. Because it does, it's like all gross and mutated face, it looks scary. Um, in the American version, as you just heard, he goes, oh, hey, it looked like a beetle. Like, that's what he, that's, that's the line instead, <laughs> which makes so much less sense than the German version. And, and they all get inside, and he's still saying, it's that rabid fox. Listen, guys, and we'll post a picture on our Instagram so you can see what this creature looks like at this point when they show it. There's no part of me that would think that this is a fox at this point. There was part Every single ounce of me would say, that is a giant, hairy beetle, something I've never seen before in my life, a giant, Harry bug, it just came charging at me. There's zero percent of me that would say, "Yeah, it's that fox still, but he he looks different. He's, he must be working out or something. He looks right. really weird." There's no part of me that would think that. So here, let's play. Let's play the actual uh, uh, him him uh, seeing this thing face to face here. So hold yeah. on. Now, that sounds a lot worse than it actually was because he didn't uh he doesn't get killed there he just kind of runs and, and and screams it sounds like he eats it there but he doesn't um it's so very strange and that's one of the things that you know regardless of uh, the American dub that I really found so weird about this movie is that they're looking at this giant giant monster essentially this one step away from a full-on John Carpenter monster. And they're still just like, yeah, it's that fox. He looks a little weird, but it's definitely that fox. They're obsessed with it. Like, that, what damn, is it? that damn fox is here. Yeah, what is it with Eastern Europeans being obsessed with foxes? What does the fox say? <laughs> That's a better addition to the song, I think. It, yeah, no kidding. And, and I think we've officially jumped the shark in terms of being like a morning zoo radio show. <laughs> I think that was officially it. Uh, welcome to the Friday Players. This is Zach Boyoyoyoyoy. <laughs> also, thank God that in a previous life you voiced some terrifying Hanna Barbera character with that oh, voice. Thank you. Yeah, that was the first version of uh, Fred Flintstone. Oh, good. So, uh, so anyway, so now the movie realizes, oh God, how do we explain what the hell is going on with this like alien creature kind of idea? So we start to get into the science uh, explanation of it. And yeah. so uh, yeah. they're saying that instead of it being well, we don't know because we didn't want to, we didn't finish the damn movie, so we don't know if it's aliens or what. But instead of it just being this creature that this thing that uh, you know can replicate uh, forms, instead they're saying it's this microorganism that incubates in, in the stomachs of things and just sort of makes hybrid creatures. So that was and not just a uh, not just a misfit song, but uh, it's it's saying that the. The fox is not rabid, although they still say it is. They're saying that it is actually a hybrid of a couple of different creatures, as well as they find this big bug that has fur, and so they're like, oh, clearly it's some kind of hybrid as well. 
And so uh, here's the here's the science explanation on that. Imagine a fox drinks glacial snowmelt containing the microorganisms. A fox, the greatest omnivore of all animals, eats a woodlouse and a beetle. And in the fox's stomach, the microorganisms absorb and blend the genes of the fox, the woodlouse, and the beetle. Shortly afterwards, the fox louse, or the beetle fox, bursts from its belly. But how could it get into the snow melt so fast? This was just a few days ago. Why is it so big? A woodlouse the size of a small dog? Insects grow very fast. Actually, all hybrid creatures grow fast regardless of the genetic makeup. According to the food chain, every gene hybrid is made up of at least one or more insects. Yes, because according to gene splicing, if you combine anything, it immediately grows a lot faster than any other animal on Earth. I did not understand. I was on board with her when she was drawing a picture of it. I understood at that point that fox plus beetle equals beetle fox or louse fox, fox louse, whatever. Right. Um, but then when she started to say something along the lines of, Science has shown us that any hybrid contains bug DNA. I'm like, what what natural hybrids have we already seen? I was very very confused what she was referring to exactly. That well, natural. I think, I think she meant that any of the the hybrids that they've been dealing with had bugs in them. Okay, but, so they're saying. Okay, but still saying though, by by her own definition, that any hybrid animal immediately comes out and grows a lot faster. Meaning, like a donkey. Which is a hybrid of of, uh, of a few different animals, of a horse and a mule, I believe. It just immediately comes out full grown when, it, when it's born. <laughs> it's just automatically full grown, and you can put a sombrero on it, and you can paint it like a zebra, and you can make money in it, with it in Tijuana. Um, yeah. just, just day oh, one. Um, really saw that, by the way. That's a true story. Genuinely saw that. Um, Wait, you were in you were in Tijuana. I've been in Tijuana, and I genuinely saw a donkey painted with a zebra, probably with lead house paint. And uh, you could take uh, a photo with a Mexican zebra for five dollars. Um, oh, dude! I think I've seen the same thing. Were you on a cruise? No, I was actually I just on there on foot, probably going to get murdered. Um, <laughs> no, I believe I've seen the exact same thing. I was like, oh my god, this poor animal. Yeah, exactly. It's it's mm. it's not so much, haha, what a wacky tourist thing. It's more, oh god, this is so depressing. I think this shows the difference between you and I, though, because when you said. Uh, put a sombrero on it and make money with it in Tijuana. I went, my brain went in a totally different direction. Oh, I did not imagine photo you're, op. You're, you're a naughty boy. Anyway, so here's our last clip of, uh, of this movie and its awful dub. And I think this is really where we can sort of come to our final notes on this half of it. So here it is right here. This is a further explanation about uh, these hybrid creatures. It really is true. They're the same. I can't believe it. What's the same? They're the same organisms that were frozen in the glacier. And? I think this creature is a hybrid of a woodlouse and a fox. What? How is that possible? And? Like, that's the fucking weirdest line delivery. You would have to give... The Toby Avod, in this case, to every single American voice actor <laughs> about this. Because, my God. That and there. That's what I, uh, Each time you say something that is actually extremely relevant, like you say to me, 
hey, your your house is burning down. Because that's essentially what they're saying. They're saying these creatures are not in uh, any sort of normal realm of the animal kingdom. This is something very strange going on. We're perhaps in danger. Um, or if we're not in danger, then this is probably going to lead to a major scientific discovery that we're all going to be a part of. And also there may and, or may not be a rabid fox outside. Yes. And? That needs to be on our soundboard right next to I Never Forget a Face, especially if I'm sad. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, we, need to get that, we need to get that board built real soon. And, and, and we need to provide it a, a, like a download link for it so other people can use it in their everyday lives. Yes. And... So yeah. overall, what did you think of the first half of Blood? Now, let me tell you this. I will Again, this is really to cement the point home for me. Mm-hmm. Before we watched it with the English dub, I genuinely wanted to watch the rest of the movie. Oh, yeah. I did as well, especially because there are lines in it that specifically make you want to watch it, where Yannick becomes concerned that because uh, uh, Tinny, his dog, has licked up some of his blood... And also, you see a guy out on the team with the minister that's coming to meet them gets bit by some clearly, uh, you know, whatever the blood glacier is. Mutated a bug. bug a mutated yeah. bug, yeah. So you know that the, the film is essentially implying there's going to be a human hybrid, and I wanted to see what that looked like. So I legitimately want to watch the rest of it. And just to capture the one other bit that we didn't really talk about in this movie, they do show you the other team. Uh, they show you the uh, very, very German, because you, you could have, if you didn't know this movie was German, you could have assumed this might be Swedish or Scandinavian. Mm-hmm. You immediately know it's German when you see this bearded man. Oh, my God. Uh, with giant like the, plate of bratwurst. Yeah, in front and of like, oompa music and like, uh, like, Lederhosen. He and he's like, I'm the minister Hosen. of Germany. Like, <laughs> yes. No, there better not that. be a rabid fox anywhere. Like, that's, it was just like, oh, Jesus. Yes, and, and traveling with the minister is uh, Yannick's first girlfriend, the one that broke her heart, and she's with some other new doctor dude. I'm like, geez, like, this thing just, apparently you're an environmental scientist, and you're going to get in this lady's pants. Like, she's right. hitting them all up. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, and the, uh, but the last thing that happens, very, very weird, this is, like, right before our halfway point at which we stopped watching, is there's a random teenage girl in booty shorts running around in the what Swiss Alps. What is that about? I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, who is this? Who is this? Yeah, and she gets attacked by a giant beetle falcon, and, uh, it's, it's very, very, very funny, this random teenage girl, not a part of anything else. Uh, so, so that's pretty much where we end. Is we're left with the uh, sort of uh, attack of the beetle falcon. Yes, and, attack of the beetle falcon and the cliffhanger of what is the dog going to produce? Because clearly the dog is, you know, it's it's been stabbed in the stomach. It's got punctured in the stomach. It's harboring some kind of dog and maybe human hybrid and probably beetle. fox at least because it's yeah. got mm-hmm. the, whatever the first creature was. So yes. one thing I didn't understand, though, was so they go through all this and they go back to go visit something and the blood glacier is gone. Like, it's just gone. There's no, Everything they explored the day before is gone. So and that makes me think that maybe this is kind of an aliens thing. Maybe. Maybe. Because I was just like, what the hell? Like, why is this all suddenly gone? It's not like it was just one creep. I don't know. It's weird. And I doubt that they explain it in the rest of the movie. <laughs> but I have to say, like I, like I mentioned before, in the German version, I was on board. I was like, I would genuinely watch the rest of this movie. In the English dub version, I was like, there is no way in hell I'm watching the rest of this movie. 
Yeah, it's insane what a difference it makes, and that it really makes the difference between a good and a bad movie. Literally, very, very literally, uh, this this German film is pretty good, and the American dub is very, very bad and very laughable. Yeah, uh, and seems almost like they just hired uh, the Mystery Science Theater guys to just do almost, the yeah, that bad. Yeah, so it's that ridiculous. So, so did we suddenly shift. Uh, any other stories? Any other thoughts about Blood Glacier before we move on to the nineties? That's it. That's it. German actors, good. Uh, American, American voice actors. actors. Oh, Beetle Dog. Very interesting. Right. And? And? The Better Not Be a Rabbit Fox. Anyway, um, I think and? the minister the minister might have been my favorite character. Because they're like, oh, we have to he change the route to get there faster. Why do we have to change the route? <laughs> oh, and they say Fox. They call it Fuchs in, uh, in German. And I thought that was... Delightful every time. It was very delightful. They're like, so they're like, oh, watch out for the rabid Fuchs. I was like, ah, Fuchs. So and we switch to a lovely scene of a woman in a bathtub. Yeah, holy shit, holy shit. The the transition from this was not as smooth as I was hoping. Yeah, uh, I was hoping it might be a, like scenes of people talking indoors, so it might some be kind of, of a smooth transition, yeah, giving some but, kind of exposition uh, as to what we're what we've missed so far in the first but, forty-five minutes of this movie. But my no, it looks like there's a woman nodding off in a tub who is awoken from a fever dream about a beetle falcon attacking. Right, that's true. <laughs> the movie takes an amazing twist that the first forty-five minutes was just a dream sequence, and then we're in a party in the nineties, a costume party. <laughs> in which this girl gets out of the bathtub, uh, she stares in the mirror, she suddenly kind of becomes a robot, she's just walking very stiff and no personality and doesn't get dressed, she's just in a bathrobe, and then she goes downstairs to the party, grabs a very obviously dull pair of scissors, like they're like crafting scissors, (laughs) they're safety scissors, and then she just slices the neck of some dude and starts stabbing him and the party leaves and that's it. Why is she taking a bath at a Halloween party? I thought the same thing. I was like, who takes a bath at the Halloween party that's held at your house? Like, unless... Assuming it's her house. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it's, if it's, hey, the party's at my place. By the way, don't fucking take a bath while the party's going on. Unless you, unless you individually get slimed or or gacked or something like that. Don't goddamn take a bath (laughs) during the party. Like, just, that's a common kind of courtesy. So, um, she looks very confused about the concept of Halloween masks and costumes as she comes down. She sort of cocks her head like, uh, like a husky would if you uh, you make a weird noise to it. And then, yeah, very quickly murders those two guys. And at this point, we meet, uh, both of our two main male characters in the film. Uh, one being Dr. Rothman and one being the detective Frank Turry, the very, very handsome detective Frank Turry. Well, the, the movie tells us very, very handsome. I don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. <laughs> well, he's 90s handsome. That's true. Um, so, uh, if, he was, he if he had a mullet, some... then I would have been like on board. I would have been like, yeah, oh, yeah. he is. Oh, but you lost that dude to the party then, didn't you? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so and he uh, um, he has oh and he has some choice words with Dr. Rothman uh some who's support. also at a party club something like that there's a there's a party going on and uh and our first clip here is Dr. Rothman is 
is at yeah. this party and he calls somebody we don't know. I'm sure we would if we had seen the first half of the movie, but yes. we literally don't know who the hell he's talking to. <laughs> and uh, which this is gonna make for an interesting part of the review. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of like, oh, they're talking to this thing and we don't know what this means. Yeah, anybody well, who's actually seen the movie is like you stupid idiots! Like this is clearly and we're like, boy, I wonder what's going on right now. Yeah, so sorry, but we're we're, we're like, to quote the Big Lebowski, we're like a child who just walked in the middle of a movie and trying to figure out what's going on. Um, so anyway, so Dr. Rothman calls this stuffy businessman in the middle of a meeting, and uh, and they have this, this interesting exchange. What is it, Dr. Rothman? I'm stopping everything now. I'm ending it. Why are you doing that? They're causing brain damage, that's why. Brain damage? For the cause of all these murders and suicides around here. Do you understand? And why didn't you tell me that Jim Crenshaw had committed suicide? I had to hear it from some detective. Didn't know he committed suicide. A detective told you? You're supposed to be keeping track of these people. You knew this was happening all along, didn't you? No, we didn't. Nothing showed up on the rats. Rats aren't people! So first of all, I uh, if we ever need to change the uh, Frightful Farriers on film theme song, I think the dance music in that scene would really suffice. The and the fact that Dr. Rothman just leaves the phone alone and the businessman's just sitting there just listening to the music and he's just like, well, I don't, I don't like this at all. Well, just to further clarify what is happening here and what you have just heard, Dr. Rothman has essentially just figured out that some project that he has been hired to work on has caused multiple murders and suicides. He has this conversation, has some very choice words with the man on the other end of the phone to say, well, I'm not going to be a part of this. Like, I, I did not sign up for anything that was going to involve the death of people. Then here's the music and the club turned on and essentially says... I gotta go. It's fucking party time. Just, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Mr. Businessman, that uh, you're studying rats and how people are dying, but the fucking rhythm of the night has just encaptured me, okay? And I have to go answer the call. All right, so fuck you. Fuck your project. Gloria Stefan is waiting for me, so go to hell. I'll see you later. Uh, honestly the reveal that the man that he's talking to is in front of a full board of people it was also very funny to me that he's just had this kind of very implied private conversation and then listened to club music for like a full five seconds which, before hanging up. which i have to say the missed opportunity there is the businessman is on the phone how was that not on speakerphone that would have been absolutely hysterical if it's just the weird 90s club music playing to a board of directors just sitting there judging, like, oh, I don't approve of this at all. Like, that would have been absolutely perfect. Oh, am I in speaker right now? Oh, that, that is just rude. I don't know who's in the room. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so then Dr. Rothman goes, and he's in a trance now, too, and he's, like, trying to bang some chick, and then he, like, Breaks a bottle over a dude's face. Again, I have <laughs> the no... The interaction is so weird. It's so weird. Yeah, well, Because we, at this point, think Dr. Rothman is maybe our protagonist. Right. Because at this point, we've seen him 
call the like very obviously suits, villainous you know, group yeah, like, exactly the villainous group and say I'm not working for you anymore and we think wow maybe this is our protagonist then we watch him creep across the dance floor start just grinding up on some random lady who very quickly gets out of there fetches Mr. Late 80s himself with a giant blonde mustache and a mullet perm who walks over seemingly menacingly and kind of whispers something in his ear like, hey, come outside, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> and Dr. Rothman, completely unfazed in his facial expression, seems to go, okay, and start to walk out with the guy like, that sounds great. No facial expression change at all. Still grooving to the music, still this little smirk. Like, this is, I'm having a good time. And then without missing a beat, grabs a bottle off the bar and smashes it across the guy's face. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And then, and then to further go, for some reason, he was on camera. Because, like, on every TV in the dance club, they've just seen him smash a bottle over this blonde mullet guy's <laughs> face. And there's only, like, two people in the foreground that care. Everybody else is like, whatever, and they just keep dancing, and they don't, and it, it didn't affect them in any way. And I was like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? So, uh, so then we are introduced to to our detective, Detective Frank, and uh, Detective Frank Castle, and uh, he's uh, talking to what we gather is the assistant of Doctor Rothman, and they're having uh, they're having a romantic dinner together, and he's uh, he's a cooking up a some a spaghetti, and uh, it's a very awkward scene. Very awkward. Like the whole inter- the whole exchange about garlic, because he's cooking. I guess he's cooking at her place, and he's like, "Oh, where's your garlic at?" And she's like, "Oh, I don't think I have any." He's like, "No garlic." And then he reaches the bag. He's like, "Don't worry, I always bring some. It keeps the vampires away." And he he delivers that line like it's the fucking cleverest thing on the planet. <laughs> and then there's just like wonderful heavy pause that just kind of hangs there because she doesn't laugh. She's not like, "Oh, vampires." He's just like, it keeps the vampires away. And then that's it. Like, nothing happens. And then he has, he has every 90s one-liner in this movie, and nobody laughs at any of them. He doesn't even laugh at his own joke. It's like he knows that it's going to be deadpan, and they're just going to stare at him. He's like, oh, this this one's going to get the old vagina dry. <laughs> vampires, right? Perfect. So anyway, so they sit down and eat. And then I have to say the other... Uh, amazing line in this is he taught she's eating the the spaghetti um which he made apparently it's it's uh, spaghetti and clams apparently is what we gather mm-hmm. and she goes oh this is really good and he goes well it's really easy to make it's just uh it's uh, you know fresh clams virgin olive oil garlic and lots of garlic and then she's like mm, and then them and then he's like so which are you the fresh clam or the virgin olive oil and then she's like, uh, which do you think I am? And then, and then it, it strikes him like that was never going to be an option. Like she <laughs> had to answer one or the other. And when she hits him with that, he's just like, son of a bitch, you win. Like that's like, I just catch it. He's just like, oh, like I didn't have an answer for that. The thing is, this sounds so creepy, and it is, but this is the guy that's set up as like kind of the romantic lead of the movie. Like, this is supposed to be Mr. Handsome. Right. This is supposed to be like Mr. Smooth Dick, you know, and he's saying the creepiest lines in the whole movie. Well, that, I felt, was a really missed opportunity because we never found out if she was indeed the fresh clam or the virgin olive oil. And I It's feel a like, shame. I feel like yeah. that's, that's forever going to be... You know, a question in cinema. Yeah, we so, never found out if she had the old uh, 
the old anime monkey mouth going on down there. Or not. <laughs> oh my god! Anyways, so uh, so, so he, she leaves for some reason, right? She's gonna go sit in the in the living room because he's gonna go wash the dishes because he's such a yeah. guy. And so as she's watch, washing or watching TV, which was what the fuck was she watching? It was like Uncle Counts TV something. It was like some love dumb, those. Yeah, like some dumpy old man was hosting like an Elvira type show. And I am not. I'm one hundred percent authentic right now. I'm completely serious. I would have given any amount of money to watch that instead. To watch whatever <laughs> this like weird public access show was. I would have watched that in, in, instead of either of these movies. I would have watched that instead because no, honestly, I was uh, yeah, I was watching that show and I was like, I, I suddenly got a very strong urge to watch Fright Night. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's kind of the homage that it is playing towards. But there's some weird TV's Frank looking guy sitting in a van and he flips a switch and then there's like this hypno thing like whoa, 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 on the TV that's like hypnotizing her and putting her in a trance. And prior to this point, because we didn't know what Dr. Rothman was talking about, it could have been a serum, it could have been a microchip or some kind of maturing candidate thing. We don't know what the brainwashing device is, and we don't know until right now that this is Halloween 3. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And so there's a thing, and it's and it's doing, it's like trancing people, and she's about to get up and go do something, and... Um, Frank West in the in the kitchen drops a bowl and breaks it, and it like snaps her out of it. And when she snaps out of it, we're back to Uncle Count's you know public access show, and it's just him standing there going like, "Why did we sell the whole set? I've got nothing to work with." Now. And I'm like, again, movie, I would much rather be watching that. I promise you, I would much <laughs> rather be watching that right now than whatever you're about to show me. So she gets up, she grabs a knife, and clearly she's like all Manchurian candidate now, and she's gonna kill uh you know. Uh, uh, Frank Langella here. And so she goes to stab him and then just starts making out with him instead. And so at <laughs> that the t- point, <laughs> at the TV's Frank is like, oh, it didn't all, it didn't work all the way. It only worked halfway. And I was so, like, uh, how is yeah. that the device? Like, okay, either this is going to make them a killing machine or it's going to make them horny as fuck. Those are our only two <laughs> settings. Yeah, I got the impression that this was uh, this was about to happen. She's about to kill him, but the power of Frank Terry's raw sex appeal is what <laughs> broke. Like it's almost like Frank's penis is to this movie as country music is in Mars Attacks. Right, like it's exactly. the, the one his penis. dick his dick is a yodeling, and she could not deny it. And so uh, <laughs> so yeah, they start making out, and then she's like, and then she snaps out of that trance and is like, oh no, I wouldn't normally make out. You have clam breath. I don't want to make out right now. And he's just like, oh, okay, that's fine, I guess. Maybe I want clam breath. Right, exactly. He's like, you still didn't answer my question. Uh, no. <laughs> um, so, so anyway, so that's 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 that. And then, so now we get to the real reason why he was getting her uh, liquored up and and and, uh, and and providing dinner. And here here we have it. Here, this is this is uh, where where it all comes to. All right, I want to ask you a favor before I go. See if you can get some information for me about Rothman. You mean snoop around behind his back? That's why you're here. Look, I know you admire the guy, but don't let your emotions get... Get out! Wait a second. Let me explain. Get out! Olive oil. It's good for your hair. Hmm. I'll give it a try. So, 
what happens there is she freaks out, <clears throat> which I'll, I'll, I'll gripe about the editing in just a second. But uh, she freaks out. She throws a handful of the spaghetti and clams at him. And then he leaves. And then as he's leaving, he runs into a random neighbor and he tells him that it's olive oil. It's really good for your hair. And he says, oh, I'll give it a try. I don't think there's a single moment yeah, where anyone laughs at any single it's joke. Like they, it's like they made the movie with the intention of putting a laugh track in there. And they never put the laugh track in. <laughs> so it's just a lot of people saying things that are kind of funny. But nobody reacting to them. And nobody laughs. At, or they, they either just stare at him just with a dead pan stare. Or they think he's serious, and so they respond like that old man does. They think he's not making a joke. So the editing here, when he says, hey, look, I know you respect the guy, but don't let your emotions get a bet. And then she goes, just get out! There's like this 10-second pause before like before her, her side of it starts. And I'm like, why didn't you trim that? Because then it makes it sound like, now it's just awkward. Because if he had gone, hey, I know you respect the guy, but don't let your crush for him block it. And then she's like, you shut up! Like that's fine. That's a back and forth conversation. But the fact that he's like, "Hey, don't let don't let your emotions get the," and then we cut to her, and it's like, "Waiting three, two, you get out." It's like, what? No, you were <laughs> supposed to cut him off. That's what the script was written. He had the dot 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 after his line. You were supposed to come in on his line. You're not supposed to wait for him to finish. Take a deep breath and then throw spaghetti at him. <laughs> Uh, so, so it's kind of establishing because, you know, once again, we, we don't really know, but it's establishing that uh, she's working for Dr. Rothman. She's like his teaching assistant, essentially. It seems right? like that. I don't know. Yeah, she's like his teaching I assistant. I don't even know where the hell Dr. Rothman works. I don't know what his participation in any of this is. I yeah. have no clue what the hell's going on. Um, although we do get a scene where some guy who looks like he's like 12 takes this full-blown woman into this lab area for some reason and she sits down in the virtual reality chair in the 90s tic tacs on the computer for a second she sees the wah 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 uh halloween three stuff it brain scrambles her and then she gets up and starts making out with the 12 year old guy and then she stabs him with her very long uh very obnoxious nails kills him and now she's like in this weird blood rage I was so very confused by her role in the movie, and that was one of the things that I that I really wanted to see the earlier half of the movie to explain who she was and what her involvement was with this company. Because they break into the office, seeming like they know exactly what is inside, and she gets into this giant virtual reality pod as if she knows exactly what it is and exactly what it's going to do to her. And at that point, I was thinking, is this the plot of like Batman Forever? Or are these right. devices that they're building creating one central hub that makes you smarter or you know stronger in some sense? Uh, it made no sense to me that she would get in this plot knowing exactly what it was going to do to what? Turn her into a killing machine? I, I, I didn't get that at all. And so then we cut back to... Uh, oh, so they tell uh, um, Frank Hardbody to get off the case, that he's not in charge of the murder cases anymore, and he needs to move on to something else because the feds are, are looking into it now. So forget that it ever happened. And so then uh, we get to uh, yet another interaction between Frank and uh, and his lady friend. Uh, but unfortunately, no resolution on whether or not she was a clam or a virgin olive oil. Here it is. Hi. Still mad at me? No. I want to apologize for throwing that macaroni on you. I still smell like a clam. What? That's not macaroni. That's very clearly fucking spaghetti. Like, where? 
was this was this filmed out of order? Like, did they not know what they were going to have yet at dinner? And they were like, eh, just whatever. Just right say a random pasta. We don't know yet. So, uh, so then we get to the funniest scene in the movie. Funnier than what we've talked about. Funnier than the creepy cop. And are you a clam? Uh, the, the, funnier than all of that. We get to Dr. Rothman, and now he's lost his shit for some reason. Either he's been wub-wub-wubbed or something. Something's happened, and now he is seemingly evil. Yeah, because the, the, she's now in his office. She's she's helping him out, as she would, probably normally would. And for some reason, yeah, like uh, the, the, it hasn't explained it, but like Zach said, he has gone from what was maybe our protagonist to biggest creepazoid in the whole movie. Very unsettling, very solemn, and very intense eye contact. He's become Frank West. So, very, very quickly, it's insane. Well, and, and here's the thing. he To me, it seemed like he was trying to be either Jeff Goldblum or he was trying to be Michael Ironside in uh, in Prom Night 2. Like, just kind of just, like, very yeah. intense and, like, a weird simmering boil. But so now he's being really creepy to uh, the, the, the main character woman. And he's like, oh, the cop, that's your lover, isn't it? And she's like, no, he's just a weirdo. And he's like, and then he looks outside and there's an ice cream man. And he's like, would you like some ice cream? And she's like, uh, yeah, sure, that would be great. And, he's, and he goes, uh, what flavor do you want? Uh, vanilla's just fine. Oh, come on, Laura. Be more daring. And she's like, uh, why don't you pick for me? Splendid. And he goes out and goes to get ice cream and she starts. I'm feeling your whispering in my butthole when you do Exactly. That. Oh, it's gonna get worse. And so <laughs> she's going through his papers and there's like this weird like Hellraiser sort of notes where there's like booze with like knives in them and stuff, and this is really weird shit. And so now she's like, Uh oh, Dr. Rothman's a creep. Oh, this is bad news. And so He's walking, they're trying to set up this dramatic scene. He's walking up the stairs with two ice cream cones in his hand, and she's, like, still going through his notes. And so the funniest goddamn scene in this movie is he opens the door. She's, like, shoved everything back into a drawer, and she's, like, standing there, like, freaked out. And he's standing there with two melted ice cream cones in his hand, and he's just mad. And she's just standing there, and he's like, I hope you like Raspberry Ripple. <laughs> and she's like, I, I have to go. And that scene of just this weird, nerdy guy holding the two ice cream cones. Melting was, all over his hands. Funny, like, <laughs> I thought it was going to pee. Like, that was the funniest looking thing. And it's trying to be scary and it's trying to be dramatic. But it was just so <laughs> stupid of him just standing there like... Did you not like the choice I made? <laughs> so dumb. And she's like, yeah, I gotta get the fuck out of here. And he's like, oh, okay. And then that's it. We just move on. Yeah. So we, we see that. We also see some more of uh, Frank kind of stalking Rothman in his classes and stuff. And so it goes from uh, his boss telling him, you're off this case, to you are full on suspended. I told you not to follow Rothman. He just called, says he's going to press charges. So you are suspended. Which, by the way... Paid, paid suspension. Why does anybody mind that? That doesn't yeah. seem. Why does anybody mind two weeks paid suspension? Like yeah, it's like oh vacation, sweet. Yeah. Like that's ridiculous. But anyway, yeah. so now Rothman is going after our main lady, and uh, for some reason that we don't know. And uh, oh, and then the the main bad guy boss at the board of directors, he's like in his limo, and he's like, oh, let's go. Oh no, wait, no, I'm jumping ahead. Sorry. So um, Rothman's there. He's at the, the, the lady's apartment, and he's uh, he's trying to get in to talk with her. And so here we have the scene here. Please let me in, Laurie. 
want to explain something to you. I didn't know what was happening. Please believe that. I didn't know what was happening. I, I was... Now, here's the thing. If you want a Jack Nicholson in The Shining performance, then you need to hire Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Don't hire a Jeff Goldblum stand-in and go, just do it like you're Nicholson. Because you get awkward moments like that, where it's like, he's just spinning out of control, and it's just very odd and not <laughs> really scary in any way. And uh, so it's, that was... it's so strange. And it's it, it, this is the full on moment where we're like, how how are we supposed to feel about this character? <laughs> like this was this was the guy that we were on the phone rooting for for like 10 seconds. Yeah, rooting for for 10 seconds. We, we watched him knock out a dude with a blonde mustache. And right. we thought clearly he's already rival. Yeah. And now he's literally broken into this girl's house and is strangling her full on strangling her on the floor before getting distracted by a lamp. Yeah, it's very bizarre. And so then we jump to uh, the chairman of the board shows up and they shoot Dr. Rothman, which, again, funniest goddamn thing. Like, the look on his face when he gets shot, like, he just kind of walks out. Like, there's a guy with a gun and Dr. Rothman just kind of struts over like, what? And then he gets shot twice. And when he gets shot, he doesn't even react like a normal person. He just goes like, what the? Who saw this coming? And then he's dead. And Does every character who gets shot in the 90s immediately go into slow motion? That was a thing. It was an epidemic back then. And so uh, so with that said, then we get to chairman of the board gets back in his limo, and suddenly the wah, 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 wah lady from earlier who killed the 12-year-old. Next 23, is, isn't it? Is, no. Yes, yeah, is, is sitting in the front, and aha, and then she kills the chairman of the board, too. Okay, so now he's dead, I guess. And so then she's chasing... Lori and Frank through the lab or whatever because they show up and somehow they know where the lab is and they go there and they see the Wub Wub machine and then this yeah X-23 shows up and is chasing them and then they kind of kill her sort of kind of uh, she like kills herself with a glass up, door yeah, they like stumble upon her and they think she's already dead or her brain has officially been fried from this machine and then she just kind of smashes her face through a through the glass on a door and I guess kills herself yeah. and they just kind of stand there like oh the nightmare is finally over I know that you and I often say we've definitely said on this show before that sometimes the ending of a movie will seem like they went shit hey, we have five minutes left fucking wrap everything up but this so felt like that that the last ten minutes of the movie they went oh god damn it we gotta we gotta kill half of these characters and and have the other ones feel okay with everything right. just just, oh god, just put them all in the same room together they'll sort it out right yeah in the span of like ten minutes like half our cast dies and the other half is just like good job and then that's it and so we just move on uh, that's the end of it and so then the ultimate little twistaroo is we go full. Halloween 3, and even though half the cast is dead and seemingly the day is saved, whatever they were working on, the Wub Wub program is out in the open, and people still have access to it, and so I guess the world is going to end anyway. 
And I think this is the this is the moment where you and I now figured out that it's a video game they were trying to make. Yes. Uh, I think I think the movie probably said that in the beginning. Said, "Hey, we're a video game company, and we're trying to make a video game that's going to mind control people." Uh, but, but but we only you and I figured that the very last shot of the movie. That right, like right game. before end credits, we're like, "Oh, okay." Uh, which was a more interesting experience, I feel like. Oh, I get it. We thought it was the, maybe a microchip or a theorem or something. But no, it was a video game. But, uh, because our, the 90s had such intense technology fear. You're right. I was just going to say, uh, and shame on us for not assuming earlier, because it's a movie made in 1991, which means it's either about virtual reality and the dangers of that, or about video games and the dangers of that. Yeah. So, geez, between these two, which uh, which did you like more? Which would you be more compelled to watch the other half of? Well, okay, the first question is, which do we have on the table? Because if it's German version of Blood Glacier or American version of Brain Twisters, <laughs> I'm going to go with the German Blood Glacier. If it's American Blood Glacier and it's uh, American Brain Twisters, I'm going Brain Twisters all day. You know, and I think because we are frightful failures, uh, we have to say it's the American version, which means I agree with you. I would also watch the first half of Brain Twisters <laughs> rather than goddamn American uh, Blood Glacier. It was terrible. Um, yeah. Well, how about this? Since we're running out of time here, let's do our final thoughts on both films, and sure. then uh, we'll start fresh uh, next next week, and uh, we'll have just a regular movie. We'll do our letter about our uh, our half and half uh, love letter to Hellions, and uh, and we'll just start fresh next week, and yeah. hopefully we'll 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 have one movie to talk about instead of this is a weird sort of episode. Two. So yeah, we'll, we'll, but who knows? Maybe if if this goes well enough, maybe we'll do this every once in a while, or if we keep tying up in in contests, we'll just keep doing half we'll and half. Be forced to do it because yeah, this yeah. was a lot of fun. So what did you think about both fun. movies? Uh, you know, uh, I was really pleased with, like you said, the German version of Blood Glacier and legitimately really wanted to see what their monster looked like because we only got uh, little glimpses. Uh, and, 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 and it should be noted that, yes, the fly, the weird bug that stung a guy in the last 10 seconds we got to watch was CGI, but the fox was not. The fox was a practical effect. The Falcon also was practical. Right. Um, you know, well, once it landed on her, that is. I believe it's flying around. It's oh, it's flying around was 100% pure birdemic, and it was awful. But once yeah. it actually hit her, it was like, oh, that looks good, okay. Yeah, and that was great. And it, it was very clearly, very much inspired. I, I don't think there's any possibility that they didn't all sit down and watch the thing and say, let's make that. But but let's make that's a dog language. Um, right. And so... So, so I was really, really excited to see some kind of beetle human, some kind of human with a weird bug face. You know, I'm sure it would be interesting. I'd be very curious to see what that looks like. Um, I don't know that I am as I might legitimately go watch or at least scrub through the last half of uh, Blood Glacier. I don't think I'm gonna scrub through the first half of uh, of our buddy Brain Twisters just because. I guess I get the idea, and I don't know how much more quality lulls I'm going to get out of the first half of that movie. I think so. there may still be some funny parts, but you're not going to get a better understanding of the story. Like yeah. once once we saw that it was it was Halloween three, it's like you're not getting any more clear than that. Like you the know, only, yeah. The, the only thing that motivates me to watch the first half is finding out if they explain more of who X twenty three is. If she's somebody that works for the company, they got fired, or like who she is, or what her motivation is. I my only way I would go watch the beginning of Brain Twisters would be if we found out that Detective Frank was asking uh, very probing questions of other people. 
Like if he if he was asking like the chief <laughs> of police, like, are you a clam? Or are you <laughs> extra virgin olive oil boss? That would be the only time I would go watch the, the beginning half. You know who would be great friends is Christopher Walken's detective and that guy. Oh, that's true. That's true. They'd be good buddies, definitely. Well, we should make a buddy cop movie with those two characters. <laughs> I never forget a clam, especially. I've sat on it. Um, <laughs> anyways, so uh, yeah, so what a very bizarre experiment this week. I'm glad that yeah. we. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Like I said, yeah, I, I, yeah. this may be something we want to do in the future. This may be the new That's gimmick true. of the show. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so unless you have any final thoughts, we'll go ahead and uh, play our game to find out who's picking the movie next week. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, let's do it. Cool, cool, cool. Um, all right. So um, uh, the game this week is actually going to be Taglines of Terror. Uh, so what's going to happen is I'm going to say a movie, and then I'm going to give you three options for what the tagline of that movie is. Um, and you will have to guess what the tagline is. Hopefully we will not tie this up, and uh, we'll be able to actually decide a winner here. If we do uh, tie it up, by the way, we are definitely doing this again. We're definitely okay. doing the, the, the half and half again. Hey, so fair enough. Two, and let's give this thing a shot. All right, so our first movie is Hellboy. So um, your three options are uh, Here to Protect, Hell Will Hold No Surprises for Us, and In the Absence of Light, Darkness Prevails. Uh, here to protect. Here to protect. Um, I'm going to say the last one, which is in the absence of light, darkness prevails. All right. So um, the second movie is actually Jeepers Creepers. Uh, so your three options are going to be every 23rd spring for 23 days, it gets to eat... Um, the second one, which is what's eating you. And the third option is it's that scarecrow again. Uh, it's definitely the first one. It's the 23, 23, 23. All right. I'm going to go B what's eating you. Um, next we have whatever happened to baby Jane. Oh, Two wow. Options there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your first option is you'd better be shockproof before you dare find out. Uh, the second is, she's emotionally disturbed, she's unbalanced. And the last is, Jane's got her pride, she's a sensitive girl. I'm going with the third one on that. I'm going to go with the first one. So, you better be shockproof. you to find out. That sounds like a, you know, 60s, 70s tagline. All right, next we have Mist. So you have, uh, there's no defense against the will of God. You have, there's something in the fog... And you have fear changes everything. Uh, I'm going to go with the last one, then, number three. I'm going to go with the first. There's no defense against God. Okay. And then finally is Last House on the Left. I assume the original. Um, so you have, it rests on 13 acres of earth over the very center of hell. You have, it's the only house for miles. And you have revenge that went too far. Um, I'm gonna go with the second one on that. Second one, that's the only house for miles. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the last one, which is revenge that went too far. Too far indeed. Let me just double check that we had indeed four. Oh no, we had five. Okay, so hang on. Um, was actually for number four there. Just noting down our answers. So when I pull up our 
answer sheet here. We will be good to go. Beautiful. All right. So let's see who won because the first answer is A, which means you got it. Yes. Um, second answer is B, which means I got it. Oh, dear. Oh, no. Um, the third answer is A, which means I got it. Oh, no. Uh, the fourth answer is C, which means I got it. Oh, thank God. And the fifth answer is A, which means I got it. So, dang, almost a clean sweep. I thought for sure that I was not... I thought for sure that you were going to win this one. It seemed like you were hopping on the correct answers. Uh, um, but if we recall in the, the history and lineage and, and mythology of our show, when it comes to these games, I'm fucking terrible. So I always lose my ass in all of the games. And the only time I was able to pick a movie is when you felt bad and you let me pick the movie. <laughs> you, know, you beat me in every game. So oh, gosh. Uh, right back to where we were. And uh, so you win. So you'll pick a movie for next week. We'll talk about yeah, and I've got it. I've got it for you, buddy. Oh. Uh, this week we're watching Hashtag Horror. Which is going to make it really hard to tag on our Twitter. Like, how do you... Oh, today hashtag, we're hashtag, 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 horror. hashtag horror, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, great. Um, plugs, real quick. Um, ladies and gentlemen, anybody that has stumbled upon this and listened all the way through, we thank you so, so, so much. Um, you, yes, you, if you're listening to us, please send us an email at frightfulfailures at yahoo.com. Let us know what you want to see, what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see on this show. We would be happy to hear from you. Uh, please leave us a review on iTunes, rate us, follow us on Twitter at Fright Failures, Instagram at Frightful Failures, and we really, really, really appreciate any support during these crucial moments as we get started here on the podcast. So like, subscribe, follow, let us know what you think. Go watch those mm-hmm. movies. Both of them are available online. Uh, Brain mm-hmm. Twisters is on YouTube, and uh, the uh, Blood Glaciers on Netflix. Go watch the German version. And uh, until next time, I am Zach Romero. And I am Tian Cagnol. Thank you for listening, and continue circulating the tapes. David, David, do you hear me? Dinner is ready. Come down here right now. I'll be right there, mother!